Good morning, everybody. I'm going to wait for uh, Travis and Braden to join us this morning. We got a fun conversation for you guys today. I'm drinking the Connected Cup coffee. It's really starting my day off well. Let's see. Ooh, we have a watcher. Travis. Hi, Travis. Should I let you join or no? <laughs> All right, Travis should be jumping on here. Let's see. Andreas, what's up, my dude? Hope all is well. What's up, Ben? Can you see me? No, not at all. Oh, awesome. Love that. What are you using? Oh, <laughs> there we go. Cool. Sorry, the camera was flipped around, and it's up against my laptop. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> You're the camera guy, my Apparently dude. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brayden should be hopping on here in a second. Um, Perfect. Hey, Andres. But, Travis, what are we going to end up talking about today? We're going to talk a little bit about um, creating some space, creating some margin. Um, <laughs> it's a crazy time right now. Um <laughs> A, for people who just like to do everything, like me and like you, um, for people who are really busy, and also for people who are doing more work from home stuff and kind of blending work and life. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just crazy. Um, and so we're going to talk about how we can create some space in our lives, uh, how it's good for us, and how coffee <laughs> can help us do that for a coffee company. And, uh, you know, it's all... That's what it's about. I'm I'm drinking some yellow tabby, uh, tabby yellow honey right now. It's uh, very good. Um, I don't get as much of the green green apple flavors, but I do get a little bit of the caramel. Hey, Sarah. What's Thanks up, Sarah? Watching. She's getting ready for her school day right now. So, Sarah, I bet you're not drinking a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I. I still have to make her some of the native root coffee. Let's yeah, see what she said. Okay. We'll eventually get her into <laughs> turn her into a coffee gal. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, definitely. Just we're gonna talk about creating margin in, in your life, just to make sure you're gonna be balanced and ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I bet, Sarah. <laughs> um, and Braden should be jumping on in a sec. And once he gets on, we'll start gabbing away. Yeah. I cannot hear you. Really? Yay, phones. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay. Let me try something else. Go. Do to do. Braden's coming on here shortly. Supposedly. Okay, one second. I'll be right back. Okay. Ah, I am back alone again. Sarah, you love coffee, huh? Rana, how's it going? I love my Rana back in Colombia. Oh, my God. That, stuff, that thing was awesome. 
And Travis is jumping back on. Sorry, he had some, some mic difficulties. Hey, Travis. Hey, I'm back. Hi. Is this better? <laughs> yeah, I think okay, so. Cool. I hope so. My other phone does this weird thing where, like, it's listening and it's Ooh, playing audio idea. for a second and then it just, like, stops and everyone gets muted for no reason. So I don't know why that happens. All right, Braden's joining. Let's go. Hey, Braden. What's up? Yeah, How's I going? Looking, I kept looking for the little native root live thing to pop up, and uh, it never did. So I had to go to the account. Oh, strange. Gotcha. I think it's just lagged. Yeah, I think yeah, me too. So, good morning, everybody. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's very energetic right now. <laughs> You've already right, had a so, couple cups, haven't you? I'm like only a quarter cup deep, man. Wow. I, I'm just full of coffee in general, and, and <laughs> I don't really. I was trying to put that in a better way. <laughs> it did not work. <laughs> um, all right, so creating margin in your life. Just uh, what in the heck is that, guys? Travis, you initially said it. You were the first person I heard say that word specifically for it. So margin specifically. Yeah, yeah well, I've yeah. heard the word before in my life. But... Yeah, <laughs> not under that context. So well, I think like margin just being space, right? Like on the on papers, you have like margins um, on the sides to give space, um, just to like make it less cluttered and, and more neat and stuff. And so like putting space in your life um for what you need to do like i think of and i was struggling to think of this term last night um <laughs> but like the whole slow and steady wins the race thing like mm -hmm. i've always thought that was kind of a stupid saying because i'm like no it doesn't <laughs> like yeah like like the fastest person in that race wins the race um but it's a saying for a reason right and um in that whole tortoise and the hare um metaphor the rabbit like i think he really just got lazy and full of himself and fell asleep but i think yep. in in like an actual race like if you're talking about a marathon marathon or like like ben mentioned last night like life is like an ultra marathon um yeah which is 100 miles um or more like, well it's or, anything over a marathon oh okay well, I, I've heard of 100-mile races, and those are frightening. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, like, definitely frightening. If you start off that race running at a sprint or running really fast, like, you're going to lose because your body is going to stop, and you, you aren't going to be able to finish. Um, mm -hmm. And if you think of, like, life like that, it's, um, it's a really, really long race. Uh, you have to pace yourself. Um, and so what does pacing look like? Uh, and I think for all, for all three of us, um, it means like taking time to be physically active, to mountain bike, um, to exercise, etc. But um, that can look like anything in anyone's life. Um, so I'm curious like what you guys think about when you're thinking of this what's popping in your head when you're thinking about like putting space in your life and, and pacing yourself. Yeah. So I would say 
obviously, like you said, physical activity is huge. Um, but like for me, that one is just so naturally, like it's just what I do ever since I was like young playing sports and started working out with my dad. It like just became a part of what I do. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally see that as margin. What I would see as margin is like trying to like reach out and talk to old friends or like set something up to go hang out with someone. Um, just because, you know, I've been trying to do that more lately and it's like, it's the kind of things that don't really come supernatural, but are really helpful in terms of like mental health and like relational health and stuff like that. And just trying to find those times to just put aside and be like, you know, I can just keep grinding and working hard on like, whether it's native root stuff or like working out or whatever. But if I don't take the time to do that, like these relationships are not going to be good. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. And that's, Brandon, that's a good point. I haven't really thought of it that way too, in the sense of like, what is margin or space for certain people? Like, because yeah. if you grew up doing something your whole life, it's probably really easy to, you know, either work out or whatever place, like an instrument, like practice your instrument. Maybe that's your um, space to go away and just kind of relax or sing or something or draw. And if people have been doing that, like, you know, for the last like 20, 30 years, it's probably going to be pretty ingrained in you to always make, make time for that. Because um, for me, like fitness is the same thing. It's always going to be, I'll always do it. That's, but it's, that's interesting. Cause like, like I've been trying to learn the guitar and I've been trying to set like certain times now, like for like even just 15 minutes a day, just to practice a little bit. And that just feels good to get away. But I think it's more of like the thing I struggle with this stuff, it, like creating space in your day or in your week is I feel bad to do it like i feel like i'm being lazy or i'm not doing what i should be doing if i like i it's been a while since i was telling travis last night it's been a while since i've just gotten a coffee with a friend just to hang out and talk yeah. versus bring my i always bring my laptop to a coffee shop and do work like i haven't done that in a while and i that's something i really enjoy doing right and that's something I definitely struggle with, with kind of creating that space in my day is I feel bad that it's like something like I shouldn't be doing and I'm not being productive in a sense, um, even though it's that's not true. Like you, you are being productive in that time for healing or, and to relax and stuff. But yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely the part of it I struggle with, I think. Yeah. It's, it's almost like too bad that, that coffee shops have become <laughs> such good work environments <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. because like, it's so tempting now to go to a coffee shop and to still stay disconnected from people um, yeah. and just, you know, have your device there. And that's all you're immersed in, even though you're in this incredible environment um, with good music, good aesthetic, tables with chairs across from each other you know you're probably plugged in and you're just looking at your screen 
uh, versus now, like what we're doing, we have our coffee in hand and we're just, we're chatting and we're, we're kind of working through life's mysteries, um, which is, which is one of the great, great things that, you know, having coffee together can, can do, you know, you have really great and deep, deep conversations. Um, so, it, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to see like a coffee shop that like doesn't have outlets. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Like you'd be, man, it'd people be so would hate that to start. Oh yeah, I'd be like walking around pacing that thing like all day <laughs> trying to find one. Yeah, yeah. same. Freaking outlets. Oh my gosh! Like one of the coffee shops I go to in town, like Milltown, I always try to get one of the uh, like four-person tables by the windows because each each of those have outlets, and I'm like, we're I good. Know. I got my spot. <laughs> I can hunker down. <laughs> yeah. And if oh, hey, no Joan. That would be crazy. Hey, Joan. Um, how you doing? But Sorry. Yeah, Travis, I saw him jump on. That's a really good point with creating margin is like the electronics. Like Mindy and I, um, when we, well, just for example, working out, uh, even though this isn't one of my margin creating things, I'm like, when I, well, it helps though, because if I go in for like an hour to work out really hard, like I have to focus. And so we put our phone on like, do not disturb now, because in the past, like I might see something on Slack and I might, it, it would just completely lose me. I'd be like all over fixing products and stuff on Shopify and like yeah, messed up my whole workout. And then I'm just like ready to leave. It's like, yeah, that's what I need to do as well. I need to either just turn my phone off or because I don't really listen to music when I'm working out at all anymore because I keep ruining my headphones or losing them. Yeah, um, so <laughs> I just don't do it anymore. How do you ruin your headphones? Uh, well, I've dropped weight on them before. Um, so nice. yeah, that didn't really. I don't know where the other one is. And <laughs> I don't know where the case is. So it's on its last charge. Hey, those are good though. Those J Labs. Yeah, they're really flipping good until you lose everything else. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Brandon, it's a good idea. Just like when you are, like, do you create that time and space of being extremely genuine and actionable about it, of making sure, like, you know, if it's a set time, like you're working out for an hour or grabbing coffee with a friend for an hour or whatever, turn your phone off and just, like, kind of plug into the conversation or plug into whatever you're doing versus having those possibility or those possible distractions, you know, come up and the phone can be a big one of like, just with like the coffee stuff, like in Slack, we get a message of, Hey, something's goofing up or whatever. You got, we kind of got to fix it or something. And um, obviously that turns into a little stress and then it kind of takes you out of that whole space and what that space is for. And I mean, that space is meant to help you, be more productive and more efficient throughout your day and throughout your week just because i mean you need to try like recharge yourself essentially and that's yeah. what that time's for so like how do you then go about like making sure that you can unplug making sure that you set up time with people to have coffee or or whatever it will be for you because i know like you know, you go into it with the best intentions. You're like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Yeah. Then you don't. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good question. I would think like mine, for example, if it's 
because I have like a lot of friends like all over the country that I can't, I couldn't go like to a coffee shop with. A lot of that's just from college, you know, being all over like all colleges. So like, just like trying to call them. Uh, and it's not like if I try to set a certain time out that I would do that, it feels like work to me. And day after day, it starts to just be like, I don't want to do this anymore. So it's almost just like a little urge thing. Like if I think of the person, text them first and then like maybe call or something. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to workify it. Yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah, there is a really like interesting balance between making your margin more work and yeah. Um and then also on the flip side of that, not doing your margin. <laughs> um, oh yeah, hundred percent. Um I like yeah, I, I I think of of what you're saying, like talking to people, calling people, um and I'm really bad about it. I'm terrible at it. Um, and I think like that actionable, what you said, Braden, of just literally being like, um, like, oh, I'm thinking about this person, text them immediately. Right. And, and it gets yeah. rid of that kind of in between where you're like, oh, maybe I'll text them. And then you don't. And then you don't have that fulfilling conversation down the line because you never made the, the connection. Yeah. I'm I'm so bad about like, like as soon as you think of it, like oh, just pull out your phone, text them, or like yeah. if you're thinking about someone, you know, make a plan, text them, be mm -hmm. like, do you want to get coffee? Right. Because I mean, the worst that happens is they don't respond, and then you're no worse than you were before because you weren't talking with them before. For sure. Um, it's like all doing that though in in the context of like making sure you have time for it. Um, Cause I've also on the flip side of that been like where, you know, I, I want to like keep fostering this relationship with, with X, Y, and Z people. And so like I set something up and I set something up and I set something up in the midst of everything else that's going on. And either I'm accidentally double booking or I'm just like filling each and every single day of the week with something and man, it gets very, very mentally tiring very fast. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It does. And it's like, to also try not to play these little games with yourself of like, they haven't talked to me in so long. Mm -hmm. Or like, I feel like yeah. it's decided. Like, you don't, you don't know what they're thinking. I mean, if they really don't want to see you and talk to you, then screw them. And just... So don't be, don't talk yourself out of it. I would say like, I don't know. A lot of people will be like waiting for the other person to contact them because they don't want it to be one sided or desperate or something like that. And it's like, mm -hmm. I'd say just do it. I mean, yeah. And honestly, probably no one's going to think of it that way anyways. I mean, no. if somebody that I knew like five years ago from college or whatever, um, reached out to me right now. I'd be like, "Oh, sweet, cool. I meant, you know, talk to them right. in a while. It'd be great to have a conversation with them. Um, that'd be mm -hmm. cool. And more than likely, that's what's most people's reaction is going to be if you just reach out and if you know that's that's what you need for space of just reaching out to some old friends or some people you haven't talked for a while. Like, absolutely. If you think of somebody, just reach out. Don't be afraid to do it. Just because it's 
totally okay and no one's gonna think you're like lonely or anything or yeah. what, whatever uh, you're kind of thinking that's also the tough thing about just communicating through phones is like like you can start to play those mind games because there's there's no context of facial interaction emotion yeah. body language um yeah. like you can get if you're you know sitting down over a coffee with people like like you start to play mind games and you probably like i have in the past like started to think negatively about yourself or your interaction with that person just based on like a few words or lack thereof on a screen yeah and that yeah like, tells i mean you none of the story whereas yeah. if you're in person and having that human to human connection, you get so much more context and it's almost never as bad as you think it is. <laughs> well, that's where it's like yeah. usually at two, I honestly haven't really kind of made that connection. Like, I think I have just not really like thought about it. Kind of like what you just put, like when you're texting somebody, right, you can take a text in any certain way. Like you could like make a text seem super bad, super good whatever big thing is when people are talking like relationship wise it can be not great then you um, never read too much into a text oh of yeah. course not why would i ever do that um but like it's part of like human nature because like with text you're taking out a lot of human nature because when, when you're talking to someone like you know a across the table at a coffee shop or whatever you can see their eyes you can see their body language um even like you're you're connecting and you're kind of like playing off each other's body language and um people's eye movement hand movement etc with text it's just really you're playing off your own mind of what you think yes. somebody meant you're you're filling on all the blanks like of what they're yeah. doing and saying and that can yeah. be done based on your preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's weird because it really takes out the human connection of it. Texting does. And that yeah. doesn't. So even like, and this is maybe something to be careful of too. Uh, don't, if you want to like kind of reach out to somebody and talk to, you know, an old friend or whatever, don't keep it just over text make sure it goes over either a phone call, a face call or whatever. If you know, they're not, um, a face call within coffee shop. I know I said that. I was hoping no one caught that. Freaking uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, You're like an but, old man, dude, like, a, a ex, ex <laughs> or like the game. I thing. mean, it wouldn't be the first <laughs> yeah. time people called me old. So that's <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, just make sure it's either a phone call or I'm going to keep going on a face call because I like that now. Um, device. <laughs> <laughs> or just like make sure it's in person just because you take out like 90% of like human interaction or that human connection if it's just over messages and it needs to be over, you know, in person if it can be ideally just because I mean, brain's right. You do fill in the gaps with the rest of it. And in person, like, you can't because obviously the, the person's doing that. Right. And then, like, why is margin so important, too? Like, 
it's funny like if i'm like designing a website there's like margin and padding <laughs> for every section and i know travis there's all kinds of margin and writing and it's like super meaningful and without it it looks like crap you wouldn't be able to read it the the stuff would be spaced wrong you don't know what to focus on there's a lot of similarities in life with that so like I think, yeah go ahead. i think you just said it you don't know what to focus on you lose mm -hmm. focus you lose drive you lose energy <clears throat> when it's just all jumbled together um i mean i know personally like i started feeling some real like pretty strong situational anxiety towards the end of last year just with having no margin in my life mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i wasn't taking the time to exercise i wasn't taking time to myself to do things that filled me up it was just work yeah. work work um all the time basically and i never had or if it wasn't work it was it was time with other people and i never had the margin of just being with myself um and as an extrovert that's not normally a problem but when when i literally had no space um it it started really like causing just like problems with me um, yeah and i think like like it could have gotten a lot worse um where i would just like be overwhelmed all the time mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. um taking margin you can take the time to process through things you can um, spend time with yourself spend time with others refocus and then everything that's going on in life everything that you have to do isn't so stressful isn't so overwhelming yeah i feel like there's been times when ben and i call you about business stuff native root stuff or whatever it is and it ends up feeling like we're probably just not creating any margins in our heads. Like we kind of go and go and we're trying to like, it's like you're banging your head against a brick wall until the brick wall breaks and that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so it's like when you step back and breathe and create some space is the only time you're going to be able to actually think clearly about it. Yeah. And it's, it needs to be restorative space too. Because there's a difference between um, just space or restorative space. I was yeah. just thinking about that when you were talking, Travis, of like, um, you know, last year, your situational anxiety type thing you were talking about and how you didn't have any space or margin, but you needed that time to like fill your cup essentially, right? And there is like, my family grew up watching a ton of movies, right? And so like movies have been a thing like for me is like, family bonding, et cetera, and just kind of like a time to relax. But watching a movie doesn't totally restore me. It's not like as restorative for me. It's just more of like I can – it's almost like a little escape into like a new universe type thing. And it's – I don't feel super like after I do it, I feel ready to go. It's more of just like – I don't want to say wasted time by any means because I don't think it necessarily is. Um, it's just, it doesn't help restore me or fill my cup. It just like kind of like pauses and helps me 
like chill, I guess, for a little bit. But it's not something that I feel like I'm like, all right, I feel good now. And yeah. I'm ready to go back to whatever I was doing. So whatever those like restorative spaces or margins that you know for like yourself are really good. Like, I mean, for me, yeah. like reading my Bible is really good. Um, trying to start to play the guitar. I feel good. Um, things like that. That's a good point. Um, have you guys heard of the time matrix? Or the time management matrix? I think so. But... Yeah, but so I'm just going to rip through it real quick um, because that, like, what you just said, Ben, plays into it really well and is very huge. And it's huge in creating margin in life. And it's something I'm really bad at and trying to get better at. So the time management matrix is a quadrant of four boxes. Um, and, ooh, maybe I can flip this around and show you because mm -hmm. I have it up. So... The top is urgent and not urgent. And then yep. the, the sides are important and not important. Um, I tend to live my life in quadrant one, which is horrible. Um, it's Crisis. super urgent and super <laughs> important. And so it's like all of these pressing things. It's like putting out fires and making it's deadlines. And, yeah, terrible. Um, ben, what you just described is quadrant four, where it's not urgent and not important and like there's definitely space for that um but it's mm -hmm. pleasant activities time wasters. Yeah. time wasters i mean yeah that's like more of the negative view of that um but it's also you know it's just like escapism stuff uh-huh um, mm -hmm. movies things like that um sure. quadrant three is like interruptions and distractions basically urgent but not important um and then like quadrant two is the really good one where it's not urgent but really important i think right. that's where a lot of margin comes in and a lot oh. of um, just like fulfillment comes in yeah that's awesome that is yeah that's uh that that quadrant two is like the the margin sweet spot it looks like yeah that's sweet. Mm -hmm. well, the crazy thing is like if you i've heard that if you spend time in quadrant two doing things like long-term planning, preventative activities, um, finding new opportunities, you decrease quadrant one a lot because you're, you're anticipating problems, you're um, taking care of things before there are deadlines, et cetera. Yeah. And so like, you don't have to live a life that's like crazy and really stressful yeah. because you've already like taken the margin and taken the um internal processing to to mm -hmm. not have to worry about it yeah yeah that's one of the things about business is that it's inherently kind of lives in quadrant one yeah mm -hmm. and when we try to push some of those things to quadrant two it's like you're just trying the quadrant two things for business are like culture and like mm -hmm. are you like the overall systems this yeah, is and trying to create those. kind of kind of bordering on urgent but um yeah a lot of the business stuff ends up being one yeah because i mean like you said culture if you can get plans so like plans if stuff happens like this is what you do mm -hmm. then that can help kind of divert 
quadrant one, but I mean, this is a lot of it, like things pop up throughout the day that you have to go do. So business does live a lot in quadrant one, totally. Yeah, I, I heard a sermon by, you know, Craig Groeschel from Life Church. Life Church is big, it's like a elevation type, but right. he was basically talking about pre-deciding. Um, so like, because of the Bible, because Christians have such a clear path in the Bible, it's like that allows us to, to be able to pre-decide a lot of things. So we can come up with a certain situation. All we really have to ask ourselves is like, what would be most God honoring? What decision would honor God the most? And it allows you to kind of pre-decide where a lot of the times based on situations and whatnot, we say the whole cross that bridge when we get there, mm -hmm. which I usually like because there's a lot of situational things that go along with the decision that you can't forecast. You don't know what's going to happen. But I mean, his whole thing was pre-deciding based on your Christian morals. Like there are some things that are non-negotiable. So it's like, mm -hmm. that's almost trying to, get those things from quadrant one into quadrant two, where it's like, if I can, if th these things aren't urgent now because the situation isn't upon me, but if I can use my morals to pre-decide it, it won't get to quadrant one. Yeah, and I think that's like very similar like business culture too, right? Like if you create a culture where everybody within that business knows, okay, this is what the company is about. This is what they wouldn't like doing. This is what they would. It makes some of those decisions a whole lot easier, right? Because they either fall into that. This is what the business would do, or this is what it wouldn't do. And it's the same thing of like um, being almost a predictable leader, because that means people understand you and understand your direction. And you're kind of being very, simple with the direction and being very clear with it so it's easy to understand of this is what the path or this is the path that we're on so anything that's not gonna be a part of that shouldn't be done essentially so that does help right. like take some stuff from business or quadrant one to quadrant two in business which is kind of cool too um yeah and that goes really the same for like families too like as parents, if you just instill the right values in your kids, you don't have to try to tell them what they should be deciding and what they shouldn't. Like, they should make decisions for themselves. If you're making decisions for them, that's gonna create bad habits. That's gonna, they're not gonna know exactly what they're actually deciding. Sure. So it's like, it all comes down to culture um, the values and like the decisions make themselves, honestly. So where do you guys find that you live most? Like in which, in which quadrant? Hmm. I really try to get, well, in terms of business stuff, I really try to get from, I, I make it a point to try to make myself go from quadrant three to quadrant one. Cause it's like, just trying to, we're always trying to find the, the biggest impact things, like the most important. 
it's so easy to just start going into the the urgent things that like aren't that important like if you make a list of seven or eight things it's like yeah these things are really big and important but these ones are a lot easier so you like want to knock those off but it's like you should just really start with the urgent ones um so i mean i would say overall probably like you travis in in the one but i wouldn't say it's just like constant um what do you what about you ben um what was quadrant three again travis quadrant three was like the not important but urgent it's basically like interruptions distractions emails um meetings well meetings that aren't like taking care of really uh important stuff um i would say kind of like the uh not moving the needle things that yeah 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 i think i'd probably hop between one and three or live somewhere in the middle of that just because it's that's something like for me just with i guess with business stuff trying to focus on what is going to move the needle or what task or what calls or what people to reach out to that would help move the needle essentially um so i kind of it's like trying to find those things too it's hard yeah so it's like i almost like flip back and forth between those two because like i mean i was talking to you guys last night about it of how it's like ah, i feel like i'm getting nowhere with some of the you know things i'm doing um with trying to call certain people and it's just like they just don't care because it's just not the same type of business essentially like they're not in the same mission so it's like for me i think i i'm trying to focus on trying to find people with a similar mission um to be able to connect with and be able to do collabs with but that does kind of make me bounce from one and three because some things will pop up that it's like oh i gotta do this with our distribution stuff or whatnot yeah and then seeing if some you know emails may get some place for me or, or not i don't know um right yeah you can fill your whole day with three things and then you look back on the day and you're like dang i didn't really move the needle today and yeah like sometimes it's hard to even know what those really important things are it's like um so in order to do that you kind of have to make lists and maybe even rank them in order of like <laughs> what has worked in the past. Like for example, something that worked for us really well was like the Chris Kindle market. So, mm -hmm. you know, going hard for a market like that right now um, would be a higher priority than like getting all the emails and everything <laughs> right. And mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I tend I tend myself to be primarily in quadrant one, um, which is yeah, like like we've said, not a great place to be, um, because yeah, because I haven't like spent any time in quadrant two, um, or really like yeah, and it it ends up being like putting out fires and and like just just like trying to <laughs> like eke out an existence basically uh is how i feel about it sometimes um and like 
if I'm not in quadrant one, I'm in quadrant four because like, I just like need to turn off my brain. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, for sure. And it's so easy to go back and forth. And the more you time you spend in quadrant four of the time management matrix, the more time you're probably going to be in one because you're not, yeah. you're not doing the long yeah. stuff. And so you're just delaying and piling on quadrant one stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because there's things that most people would say would be in quadrant two that are in my quadrant four. Like for example, um, watching something on Netflix, a lot of people might be like, that's just mindless, mind numbing. But like that mindlessness can recharge you too. It can be like something that sure. Um, can, yeah. And if it's a documentary or something, um, yeah, so watching some DC comic animated stuff that's always recharging. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> again, like I think it's a different type of recharge, though. I think like yeah. it's good to turn off the brain every now and then. You can't live just in quadrant one and two. Like, I think all of the quadrants play a factor. Maybe the, yeah, the, the least good one is like three, where it's not important or urgent. Um, yeah. Yeah, this or, is no, interesting. It's, it's urgent, um, so, but it's, sorry, it's urgent, but not important. Like, that's, so, that's like, not good. What? Fernie uh, Roasting Company, definitely thanks for the comment, guys. They said, uh, I think you need to have people to help in quad one and make the time to address quad two. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely helps to have others, you know, around to kind of fix those tasks, right? Um, oh, there's another comment. Maybe monthly or every couple of weeks. Otherwise, quad one can become overwhelming. Yeah, it definitely can become overwhelming. It's a really good point. And I mean, it does take a village to kind of attack things as they come up. So I think you're, you're totally right. It does help to have other people involved for sure. Just because, I mean the sheer amount of problems that could come up in a day or things that could go wrong within a company, right? You do need um, other people around you to be able to help solve those issues just because it might not be in your expertise and you might have no idea how to fix it. So it's good to kind of have those multiple people, obviously just the more brains, the more knowledge, the more um, skill sets, really the more skills you're able to bring together and help solve those problems. So totally. And then yeah. David said something too. Maybe a SWOT analysis would help. Also, I just just started doing those. David, yeah, do you mean I mean, that you're doing those for personal use? Because um, like it's super common in business, but yeah, I've never heard of someone doing like a personal SWOT. So I'm just curious. That could be cool. That's like one of the first things you learn in like business classes and stuff is SWAT SWAT being yeah, SWAT weakness opportunity and threat. opportunities and threats. Yeah. I think it's, I, Oh man, they're just switching SWAT to something a little different now. Um, WAP. I think, yeah. What does it stand for? WAP. No, not that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I You're so dumb. You I really, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. He said for work, but I've been implementing them in life when I can. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. 
Yeah. That's awesome, David. That's sweet, dude. Interesting. Um, oh, also, David, I know we've been trying to catch up. Uh, we're releasing that beer at Stompbox tomorrow, and we'll be there. You should come have a beer with us tomorrow night. Uh, we'd love to see you, my dude. Value ease analysis. Travis, look up the value ease analysis. Value ease. Yeah. E-value analysis? Um, I'm not sure. It says value E-A-S-E. -E. Oh. I don't know why I'm not seeing that comment for some reason. Hmm. Most recent. Yeah. My, the most recent comment I'm seeing on mine is uh, my message, hey, John. Oh, really? Wow. That's way up. Something's, something's messing up. That is, that is way up. <laughs> the ease value <laughs> matrix. Interesting. All these cool tools to like start exploring. I'm very fascinated. I know. Got to make sure we don't make it work again. <laughs> I know, right? like, I'm gonna do each one of these analyses every every morning and every night. Yeah. <laughs> got homework <laughs> this is like some we're like hormozy hacking our relationship and personal lives <laughs> hormozy he's all about frameworks it's like, well as long as we do it over coffee with other people we're good right <laughs> i guess i mean that's our whole thing connecting others over coffee and well <laughs> i guess <laughs> so it looks like Similar in a way to the time management matrix, but it's just like easy is the y-axis, valuable is the x-axis, and then you break it into a quadrant. You flip your screen field, and people always like. I guess like you make a list of stuff and put it into each one, and the goal is to not just go for C. Or, or, I guess the top right quadrant. Yeah. Okay. So really hard right. and really valuable. The, what's the left axis say? The y axis? Impact on goal. And then ease of doing. Yeah, that's very similar to the quadrants Travis made. It's like mm -hmm. impact, that's basically importance. And ease is like, eh, kind of urgency. Yeah, that's a little bit different. Yeah, this this seems yeah, more like like a um, work slash business yeah. model. What's it called? Task life. task arbitrage. Yeah. When you you know have a list of tasks and you gotta place them into different quadrants. So then I guess you would start with blue. Not gonna be good for Ben because he doesn't know what blue is. I honestly have no idea there's blue in there, so uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to make a comment, but <laughs> not a big color guy, not a big color guy. Um, but yeah, definitely. Thanks, everybody, for sharing these tools that you guys are using. Uh, definitely appreciate it. I mean, 
learned some things I've never heard of this before the value ease analysis. So that could be cool to start using um, with the stuff that we have going on and business wise. So thank you so much for sharing, David. Thank you so much for sharing that you're using some SWOT analysis for your personal life. I think that's really cool and unique. Um, So definitely appreciate just you guys engaging with us and letting us know what you guys are doing for your own selves. So definitely appreciate it. Yeah, that's really awesome just to see the new tools and stuff that are out there. So we really, um, just to kind of wrap back into the um, kind of original conversation um, and maybe maybe get close to wrapping up here. Um, I don't know what you're Yeah, we'll probably wrap it up. But um, for myself, like I have, I created kind of an outline of my day as it was and then kind of restructured it a little bit um and this literally took me like writing it out um and that's not for everyone certainly but kind of restructuring it to where like i have fairly non-negotiable times of like flexible they're like flexible chunks of time where i can do whatever i want as long as it's like self-focused um and before like I didn't have that concept baked into my day and now I do um and I've like told myself and told other people in my life about it so that like they can expect that as well so now I'm getting up earlier so that I have more time in the morning before I start work to like compose myself to read a little bit of the bible um to just like have a morning to myself so I don't feel like I'm rushed right into work. And then I always Mm -hmm. program now like an hour and a half after work um, to like decompress and to either exercise or um, work on something, you know, play my saxophone or whatever um, and do other things that like fill up my cup. I don't know. Again, I don't, I don't know that, that writing all of that in like down on paper or in my case on my laptop notes, like is good or helps. Um, but that has certainly worked to a degree, uh, for me now moving forward after, after being as stressed out as I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's good. Yeah, it does help scheduling those those times, you know, areas into your day just to make sure you do it. So I guess there's like a balance of it's because that's almost like a businessy type thing, right? Of like scheduling out your day, but it does make sure you're able to create those spaces for you to kind of decompress and rejuvenate yourself. Um, so I guess there's almost like a balance. You have to just like always a dang balance with everything. I know. Um, it's just not all out on one thing or just nothing. It's always a balance. Um, and I'm hoping, and I'm finding out over trial and error, but I'm hoping that the that the allowance for it to be flexible time keeps it from being work. I think like, that's huge. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. Like, I'm realized- not gonna, I can't use it to watch TV, whatever, yeah. you know but I also can't use it to work. Yeah. So. I feel you because I've 
there's been times when I like really want a time block, like basically try to block out all of my days, even scheduling in the margin times. And I realized like, that is so just, I can't do that. It, because a lot of me like needs to be creative and fluid and like, yeah, what, com what it comes down to for me is like, if I get up super early and go work out, like there's, there's stretches where I'll like get up at 4.30 every morning and go work out, everything else will fall into place a lot better. Where like, I'm up, I can eat breakfast and do my morning like Bible reading and whatever it is without you know like before seven and then i'm ready to start working and then my work stuff can get done earlier where i can have more time for this and that and like so it's like my body my brain hates when i try to schedule it out um because all i want to do is break it and the second i break it i'm like well that just went down the freaking drain right, right. so i think it's, it's just a good start for me so. yeah and there's a little bit of of um i guess kind of like self-grace with that because i haven't like i haven't hit the you know those breaks or my ideal day a few times and like i kind of went into it knowing that that would happen and knowing that like if i was trying to be super strict to it i was gonna like get really frustrated with myself um yeah. and so knowing that like even those even the time frames you create are flexible um but if you have a frame of how you how how you can build your day with some margin mm -hmm. then you're more likely to do it because that concept is already written into existence right either in your own brain or on paper or whatever then what, what mm -hmm. do you think yeah, I mean, I think I, it does help when I schedule things out a bit, but I s definitely struggle a little bit more towards like with what Braden's saying. I do better if I just start my day out really well. Like if I work out in the morning or read my Bible or um, something in the morning that I would, you know, consider productive and rejuvenated to me um but if i like try to like block out everything it's almost like uh i want to do this right now yeah i know why for us is because our current roles are super super fluid like yeah. with mm -hmm. group stuff like for example when i was with mosco with my dad and brother like even though it was still like owning a business and stuff could change all the time like you were pretty much gonna have to do physical work from a certain time to a certain time. And I mean, if you have that time locked off for work, like you can fill the other other stuff in pretty easily. But yeah. right now, like when it's mm -hmm. super fluid, like your work, yeah. it's way harder. Yeah, I agree. We have no, no idea of when we're gonna be done doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I wonder if for you guys, like it's just, it's just like instilling in yourself, like I'm going to take an hour each day to myself 
or whatever, and then letting that hour fall where it can, but like being very, very intentional about making it happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. And it's trying to find again, what those, like this hours to myself, like what those things are. Um, yeah. Like, for example, Ben was saying, um, almost like your recharging thing would be like the guitar. And I'm also doing that or something like Spanish, but those are kind of like personal growth items that yeah. I know will pay off in the future that are kind of hard and time and, and uh, mentally taxing right now, especially when you're not very good and you can't like riff. It's like, um, so I don't know how much those are re recharging or if those are like kind of, kind of just trying to grow me personally. So it's like, but, you know, I still want to do them. Yeah. Yeah, there is a, probably a difference between recharging thing, like a recharging activity versus a personal growth activity. Um, and they could be, and I guess they can be somewhat similar too. Like it just, uh, I guess it really just, uh, it depends on the person because it's like if some of the personal growth stuff really helps you, um, feel rejuvenated and then that's cool. Like, right. Um, but it's probably not always the case. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I think those things that recharge can, if you're a perfectionist can easily become super taxing because for example, I used to paint and yeah. I never just enjoyed painting because I needed it to be right. And like, I needed it to be perfect. <laughs> And with the guitar, it's like, you suck, you suck, you suck, you suck. You're just trying so hard for like an hour. And it's like, it can be taxing. So I'm trying to just like, with the guitar, for example, let myself just be really bad and just enjoy the process. Embrace the suck. Yeah. And I think sometimes with the personal growth stuff, like with the guitar, for example, because obviously you and I suck right now at playing it, but it's uh, more of like, it doesn't have to be like a, a certain amount of time you play. So it doesn't have to be an hour. It could be like 20 minutes. Um, like for me, it's kind of been, I've almost been seeing a decent amount of like, I'm getting better. My fingers are starting to move faster to the different chords. If mm -hmm. I just pay, play for like 15 or 20 minutes, um, just cause then I don't get super frustrated with myself at that point. It's more of like, okay, I'm getting my fingers used to this. I'm going to work on chords today or I'm going to work on, you know, str strumming rhythm today. And then, then the next day, I feel like it, I do feel like my fingers moving faster versus like, if I, like, I don't know why in my head, like I think an hour or like a half hour, if I do like those time periods, I feel like it's a lesson oh, yeah. and then it takes mm -hmm. away as it goes away from like personal growth for me just yeah. cause I hate right. when, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's friction to like making it a lesson or like making it a thing. Like I have a saxophone student who like was not practicing because he didn't have a setup. His music was like propped up on like a shelf and his horn was away. And there was like, he has a very, very busy and stressful life. And so he like never got his saxophone out because there's friction there. There's like a formality to that. Yeah. And I told him like, get a music stand and get a saxophone stand. 
have your music and saxophone always out so that you can come home, literally just pick it up, put a read on and play. And mm -hmm. He yeah. said it made all the difference when you just like yeah. informalize it and reduce the friction. Yeah, because I feel like it's good when it's not like formal and I feel like, oh, I'm just going to pick up my guitar, play for a little bit. And then I feel like, oh, cool. I am like growing in a skill set essentially, right? And doing yeah. something just fun and like, oh, people would think it's cool. I'm trying to learn the guitar. Sweet. Versus, oh, I'm training, you know, guitar. I'm taking lessons or I'm, you know, because it's the same thing like with fitness for me. And I love working out. Like, you know, I've worked, I've worked out like almost my entire life. And it's, but as soon as I'm like, oh, I got to drill this technique or like, um, take it to more to the, like that something else, like I'm trying to be an athlete in it. It's like, okay, this is a little bit much. Like I'm really, that doesn't fit with what I'm trying to do. And then it becomes less fun. And then I don't see as many gains with it. Gains all about the gains. Heck yeah. Freaking small. <laughs> you know what you like to do because it's, it's fun, you know? It's finding joy in the process, just like it's finding joy in sitting down with someone at a coffee shop with some coffee or at, mm -hmm. you know, inviting them over and making them coffee and sitting down at the table and just chatting with them phones away. Yeah. It's, it's the joy of the. Ooh. Ooh, Travis. <laughs> Travis, you have like a circle <laughs> on your face. Can you get that off really quick, please? <laughs> Travis, Instagram didn't like what you just said, bro. They just booted you out. <laughs> Instagram's like, no, don't do what you like. <laughs> yeah, I totally. It's like, also with discipline, I'm just like thinking, kind of like you said, feeling bad about not getting stuff done. Um, I don't know. For example, the guitar stuff is like, if we put in the discipline now, then in the future when we can play it nice and it sounds good, it's great. Like it's way more mm -hmm. fun. It's like working out is super fun for us right now. But imagine back, you know, someone who's never worked out before trying to get into it because yeah. they know it's going to be good for them. I mean, that's basically what I say the, the definition of discipline is. It's like, doing the things you don't want to do, but you know that you'll be better for it in the end. Those yeah. kind of things. They can't be super recharging because it takes a lot of discipline to do it, but you know in the future it'll really pay off. Yeah, and I mean, it shouldn't, everything, because we were saying it should be fun and everything, which it should be, but some of this stuff it isn't always quote-unquote fun. Um, there has to be like you can make discipline things fun, but there, it almost there has to be that suck to it. Yeah, and I don't know where that line is. Cause like for me, and it's just easy for me to connect these things to fitness. It's like, I, I don't like, I don't work out for like hours and hours on end just cause it's not restorative and it be damaging, et cetera. But it's like, let's say I work out for an hour and then there's some like fun, enjoyable exercises for me. Like I love squats or whatever, but then at the end I try to do my like 
quote unquote CrossFit piece of where I'm going hard for like 10 or 12 minutes. And during that time, it sucks. Like it is not super enjoyable, but then I feel really good about it after I finish. Um, So I wonder if there's like how that looks like within, you know, creating the margin, if there's some personal growth aspects in that margin area of what's that area of like to that sucks, but you feel really good about it, about it afterwards. Yeah. For me, I think of the stuff like in order to create margin, I have to say no. I have mm-hmm. to deny other things that I want to do. And that stinks. Mm-hmm. I really don't like yeah. doing that. Um, like there was a, there was a thing that, Oh, last December I could have gone home for, and it's like a traditional thing at my church and stuff. And like, I could have gone home for the weekend to do it. And then just like killed myself getting back here on time for work and stuff. And, um, I said no to that and like, it sucked. I really didn't like doing that at the time, but then like when it came down to it, I was really glad I did. And it was Mm -hmm. huge. And I think that that can even be as simple as like, well, I've, I've always heard or more, more recently heard, like when you say yes to something, what are you saying no to? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think no can be a really, really powerful tool. Um, even though it might hurt or suck at the time saying it to say it, to deny something for something better that ultimately is better for you. Mm-hmm. can be really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's probably a good place to kind of wrap it up though too. Um, but then Travis just left. Peace out, Travis. He's really <laughs> That's hilarious. As soon as I said that he just bounced. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's definitely just important to find those. uh... All right, Travis, you can come back in. Um, It's good to find those those spaces in your life or to create that space in your life for margin for like restorative times um, throughout your day. So you can be more efficient, you know, during your work day um, and hopefully move stuff more towards quadrant two. But I mean, yeah, just it's definitely a learning and process and trial and error as you know we've we've kind of shared and with the areas that we've struggled but uh yeah thanks everybody for tuning in appreciate it yep thanks for tuning in thanks for engaging we will see you next oh yeah tomorrow morning we got brooke yep we're talking to brooke tomorrow morning at 7 a.m um yeah, it'll be fun, and we're excited to kind of talk with her and just tune in. All right. Sweet. <laughs> See you guys. Peace.